Okay, so it's been a while, um, but we're finally back and we're going to record another edition of Long Snapper Podcast. What's that? So I think we did a little podcast about a month ago that I never got round to editing. So that's our second entry into the lost pod files. Um, I may release it that. It was one of our worst ever ones, so I'm not too... Yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not overly fussed, to be honest. We didn't. You, you haven't missed out, but I mean, I'm sure there's some completists out there that might want it tough. Uh, we're back. It's it's draft draft's been and gone. Um, I'll level with you. I find uh, the whole process of the NFL between the end of the Super Bowl and the start of preseason to be utterly tedious, moribund, whatever word you'd like to use it. Um, and, and I'd include the draft in that. So that's why we've not been podding. I've also been quite busy and yada, yada, yada. Anyway, um, your teams, because you've both got teams, have had quite <laughs> interesting off-seasons. I mean, let's let's not try and structure this too much. Let's just have a chat. First, what are your thoughts on the draft? How, how do you think... Let me let me just ask what you feel about the draft. How does how does the draft make you feel at the moment as an NFL fan? As a general NFL fan, I, yeah. What I, do you, I, I mean? I, how how do you see the draft in in the sporting lexicon at the moment? I I've got to be honest. I find the whole thing intriguing and and utterly boring at the same time. I, there's only so many times I can watch an extremely rich man walk out onto a stage and say, you know, give give overly. <laughs> excited platitudes to some miscellaneous football player that's never played a down of NFL football. I can I can only watch that so many times. I don't know about you guys. I'm I'm similar. I I I, I watched the first round, but only from a point of view of it's, you know, it's more often than not it's those guys that are going to do okay um, and they're going to become relevant in the NFL. Um but I tend to you know, if my team happens to be picking in the first in the top ten, then that helps. Um, but I tend to find that come like round fifteen plus, I tend to then start fast forwarding it past you know the stupid interviews and the the pointless stuff beforehand, and then just get to the who who Mike Mayock thinks it's going to be. Then they announce it. Mike Mayock's massively wrong. <laughs> <laughs> always, always. Um, he walks out and then fast forward it onto the next one. So I try and get it done in like half an hour. Um, this time I had a bit more interest being a Bills fan there was obviously quite a lot at stake as to what we were going to do in the draft um, it, it's it's crazy I think that the draft gets higher ratings than whatever NBA playoff game is on on the same night um, it's more people watch the NFL draft and I, I don't get that at all I'm, I'm sort of a bit clouded by the fact that it's on at 1am our time which doesn't help with how how you see it. Um, this year, I I was quite busy on the Friday. I had an early start. I'm not staying up. And I recorded it and pretty much watched it in 10, 15 minutes on times 12 and times 30. And yeah. I don't really feel that I missed out on that much, actually. No, um, I-, I watched a little bit on the Saturday, like because just because it was sort of on early evening and they're sort of doing the fifth, sixth rounds and so on. And they're not I can't, they're sort I can't of ignoring... Bring I can't bring myself to watch the fifth and sixth round. I just don't no, I mean, care enough. You, you're a bit of a tragic if you're doing that, I'm afraid. Well, it wasn't doing it out of, I need to watch all of this. It was, it was. I'm just going to watch a bit of chat and see what's going on. They were pretty much, at that point, they ignore the picks and they just sat in a studio chatting about anything. Yeah. Um, it's quite inoffensive. It's just like a lot of NFL network programming, some of which is quite watchable, some of which it is far-fetched and nonsense. But... Um, the theatre of it all, I don't. I'm sort of a bit with you. There are some, there are some nice stories that come out. Um, you, you'd like to see players get their their big moment, but it gets quite repetitive, as you say. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, the the sort of drama of it's over by pick five or six anyway, because yeah, if yeah. a team, you only talk about the top five or six picks for the first four or five months after the Super Bowl and if those teams all picked a plan then the drama of the moment's gone if they don't then by, by pick seven or eight it's all gone anyway so this I mean, is the problem 
Hey, hey, Mark. Hey, Mark, son. Just, <laughs> get just, him on. Just hit mute, Mark. <laughs> I'm going to hold on. Yeah. Can you just give him the microphone instead? <laughs> they're, they're see, see, see how we go. That you could probably get a, a collection of us of our offspring, and they'd probably talk more sense than we're talking at the moment, anyway. So, um, yeah, as I say, there's only so much of it I can put up with. Uh, but with that in mind, the first <coughs> five or six picks are actually quite interesting. I thought I, I'd long like I. I haven't watched enough college football or enough tape of these guys to know or make an educated guess on who was the de facto number one pick. I mean, depending on which article you read, it, the Browns could have picked any one of about 35 players number one overall. And and they went for the one that everyone on NFL Network said they shouldn't have gone for in the first place with Baker Mayfield. Um, from what I understand of it, Baker Mayfield's a bit of a Marmite character. His, his college career was sort of littered with episodes of dickishness and and uh you know some... i mean that's that's really unusual for, for yeah, these I mean... guys coming, coming out of college the well the one thing that everyone keeps saying is is bad about bacon mayfield is his height i mean uh, really i mean it's if that's the only knock on a player then there's been plenty of quarterbacks in the past that have that have overcome that barrier i mean look at drew Brees and look at Russell Wilson and yeah, yeah, among others. I mean, yes, it's not ideal, but if you're good enough, you're tall enough. I, in my book, so um, the other the I other fact that's gone against him is the the whole walk on thing and the fact that he wasn't traditionally spoken of. And if you go back, uh, listen to a good yeah. podcast with Robert Mays, um, not not so long ago, that said that if you go back and look at the tape or look at the article history on this year's draft, so. One thing you should do, they they say, is take note of the players that are mentioned as being top five picks for next year's draft in the immediate aftermath of this draft. Okay. Because that gives you a true reflection on what players are actually coveted at this at the moment. When you get towards the end of the season, you obviously get the flash in the plan players who have had a really good season. You get players that for some reason are on a really good team and they and they their draft stock improves because they're on a good team. You get the you get the workout warriors, you get various other factors that are are short termist um judgments. Now if you look at Baker Mayfield this time last year, Mayfield wasn't being mentioned as a first round pick, let alone a first overall pick. So there's that concern, and that and that you know that concerns me a bit, you know. But obviously, a year on, you've got a year's more. Well, all the teams have a year's more information than the. Yeah, but if you look at if you look at Sam Darnold and other quarterbacks in that crop that were considered to be nailed on top five picks, they were all being spoken about last year. May, Mayfield <laughs> wasn't even in the conversation, and so obviously Oklahoma had a good year. He made a lot of headlines. He's he's done some splashy thing, thing, things. Their offense, by all accounts, is a gimmick offense. So it's going to look, you know, like they're making amazing plays all the time. Yeah, um, it's such it's it's a very Browns thing to do. They pick him, isn't it? Yeah, but but at the same time, he he did well in all of his. you know, like like I was in the room. He did well in all of his. <laughs> you know, um, all the tests that they put them under, he he, he excelled in, in all of them. So he's obviously a super competitive bloke. I don't think he has the sort of immaturity issues that Manziel had. Um, he's not because that's what's levelled against him, isn't it? Yeah, he's not thirty-seven like their other first-round quarterback that they took. Um, <laughs> you know, he's he seems like he's got as good a chance as any first-round draft pick quarterback for me. Um, I don't know, it, 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 you know. I do. I do enjoy the love it. The fact that as soon as the number one pick comes out, eighty percent of the so-called experts are already completely wrong, and every mock draft that they've done is out the window. Mock drafts. I see why they get done. I, I just. I can't see the point. Get close. I, there was a. This was a. I absolutely love this. There was a competition, which I don't. I don't think I've ever entered this one particularly. Where you predict the pick on NFL.com. 
And I think the the winner of the 30,000 entries on this got something like nine out of the 32 picks correct. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's the winner. That's pretty incredibly um, shit, isn't uh, it? <laughs> there are so many variables. And you know, as soon as you get one pick that isn't expected, it throws everything else out the window. And the, and, and the trades. Trades make it impossible to do a mock because of course, you can't of predict course. what teams are going to do. It's, well, it's, let's, just, let's just talk about the trades for a minute. Let's leave Baker Mayfield. I think we're all agreed that he either will or won't be a success. Would you agree with that? <laughs> he definitely will be really good or he won't be. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty, pretty yeah. much yeah. certain of that. But one thing that's... Um, one one thing that's really risen to prominence in this this sort of almost this entire year of the NFL has been the, the the resurgence of the trade market and and that was in evidence again on draft night. Um, Mark, your Bills traded up prior to the draft to pick their quarterback. How how do you feel about that? Well, we we traded up from from where we were to get to twelve, and then traded up again on the night um, to get up to seven. It, I mean. I I think the, the issue that we had from where we were, we were behind the Dolphins, who were likely to take a quarterback if one of the top, if one of the main four was still there. Um, we knew that the Browns were going to take one. We knew that um, the Cardinals at ten were likely to take one. Obviously, the Jets had moved up, so we had to get somewhere between three and ten. Um, and we found the first trade partner. I like the fact that they didn't go balls out to get up to number two, which was talked about a lot, but they would have had to have given up a shitload of picks for that, including both first rounders that they had this year. Um, so I like the fact that they they bided their time and only had to give up a couple of second rounders in order to get up to where they went to. And they needed to do it because those four quarterbacks would have gone and otherwise we would have been going to the season with our future franchise quarterback as AJ McCarron. Who do you, who do you think out of the teams that selected the quarterbacks have, have helped themselves the most? Jets. You well, think? they 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 didn't help themselves. They got helped. They got helped. Other yeah. way. I, I can't so believe they I would. They said... thought ever that they that Darnold would have fallen to them. There, I, I think that either the Giants had they been in the quarterback market or the Browns would have taken Darnold. Uh, I just want to circle back to the Browns. Um, I, I think they've done something incredibly clever, which seems to have gone under the radar a little bit, in that they've they've taken on Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. And they've taken on Baker Mayfield, who are similar kind of quarterbacks. Now, that, that could be a quite astute move by uh, Dorsey, in that you've got two players there now, a rookie and a, and a seasoned vet, who play in similar manners. And so the transition process, I can only see Taylor being a sort of one year, maybe a two year stopgap, but they're going to be playing in the same offense. So it's not like they're going to have to change everything when it comes around to the time to play in Mayfield. I can see Mayfield sitting all season behind Taylor and just taking it all in. The Jets are in a different position. And and again, they're taking this first round quarterback, knowing that they're going to have to start in week one, I think. I know they, they re-signed um, McCown is still McCown, but I, th- I I genuinely think that New York might disappear under a tidal wave of of uh, irate yeah, Jets I... fans if if um, McCown starts so, uh, over Darnold in week one. And by all accounts, Darnold was the most um, franchise starting ready quarterback coming out, apart from possibly Rosen. Um, but I, I think Darnold is is fully set up from what I've seen on of the tape of him and how he performed at the combine. Um, he, he's ready to go. He's a stud. He's the, any uh, other than the Browns. Apparently, any other team I think would have happily taken Donald. I, ju- I just think, they, oh, except the Giants, they had. The, they also had the chance to take him. They clearly, this... but they weren't. I, they obviously weren't in the market for one. Um, they they sensed an ease elsewhere. And I, from what I, from what you can hear, the Giants fans were were quite happy with Eli, and they wanted Barkley so badly. And you can't. I think he's probably the most talented player in the draft, and you. I don't think you could pass up on him when you've got Eli still in there. We had a chat about this on the WhatsApp group just a week, ago, whenever it was, the day after the the draft, and I, I'm not sure I quite agree with with what they've done. Um, not not because no slight on Barkley at all. Um, huge huge talent opportunity to grab him, um, but have they missed their chance? of getting their next franchise quarterback which is much harder to get than a running back 
I, I think what they've done is make mistakes on several levels. So they've they've this they're about to one once um the old coach had benched Manning. That that was then the opportunity, right? Look, we've we've got rid of the coach. Manning's back in the seat. They could have said to Manning, "Look, mate, you've got two years, and set up a succession plan." What they've done by doing this is said, "You've got the keys for as long as you want to stick around." And unlike Tom Brady, Eli Manning doesn't have the, the his body can't check, cash the checks that that the Jets <laughs> want him to write. You know what I mean? They're, it's it's looking that way, and and, and yeah. with that in mind, I think the selection of Barkley. Running backs is a precarious running backs a precarious position. The Giants could find themselves in a position two years down the or four years down the road where Barkley needs to re-sign. He'll either be washed up and out of the league because of injuries, or they will be without a quarterback and their star running back that they gave up the option of a quarterback for. I I, I agree with you. However, we we don't know what's in the their their head office's minds, they might not have rated any of the quarterbacks. Um, they might have th- they might have thought, well, actually, the guy we've got here is far better than any of that option that are out there. Um, plus, we get Odell Beckham back next year. Um, they've also brought on board whoever that other wide receiver is whose name escapes me. Um, now they've got Barkley in the backfield, who's already been compared to Adrian Peterson. Um, if that works out, that makes Eli's job far easier and maybe probably not quite on the same level, but I think there's every chance he goes back to being a pretty formidable starter in the league. I rate Eli, um, and I, I think the Giants going into this season look pretty solid as well. Yeah, um, it, it's not going to be straightforward to bed them all in, but um, I, I personally think that Barkley makes a lot of sense for them. All I'd say is that there was this. Uh, there was a similar level of talk about Leonard Fournette. There was a similar level of talk about Ezekiel Elliott being the next, the best running back since Walter Payton. They've both done pretty well, to be fair. They have, but what they don't do is win championships. You don't win a championship on the back of a running back alone. There's too many moving parts for that to happen. A franchise quarterback can almost win you a championship on his own. Um, yeah, and I agree with you. The one thing that Ezekiel Elliott does do is that he's given that offense options so they don't have to key in on the quarterback. It's not all on him. And they could do that with the Giants. They know they had, they knew they had no running game whatsoever. Um, so, yeah, you, I'd, I'd argue he, with, with, with Dallas, you, you, you can maybe stack the box against them now. <laughs> you know, uh, I think when, when, when you look at their primary receiving target being Tavon Austin. <laughs> yeah, well, they're, they're clearly going in another it's direction. It's not going to be WR one, is he? Come on. Well, who is? <laughs> who, who is their? Who is their number one receiver? Uh, Witten's gone. Cole Beasley. Des has gone. Beasley. Oh, it's Alan. It's, it's Alan. Have they picked up Alan Hearns? Didn't they? Is, they? is he the man there now? Yeah, I, no, I think. I mean, yeah, exactly. What is for, for all that means? <laughs> I, I, I just think that a running back that high in the draft when there's five. You, you might not pick at number two again for the next 10 years and you can't pass up that opportunity. Me, if I was the Browns GM, I'd have taken two of those quarterbacks in the top four. Well, that was there was even talk that that might happen. Um, Is the, it like the, the trade bait, the trade bait that that would generate. It's like in fantasy, I, I always take two quarterbacks early because I know that one team is going to lose their franchise court their their quarterback at the start or close to the beginning of the season then you've got that trade chip i know it's not fantasy yep. football but yeah right now by the way the cowboys starting wide outs are terrence williams and cole beasley yeah it's not great forget is it? about deontay thompson i i like to forget that, <laughs> that, that. <laughs> I, I just think a running back that high is a luxury pick and one thing the giants don't have is the luxury to be wasting picks now, what the, yes, and I agree with you, but it's not as though they're going into the court, they're going into the draft with a quarterback that is completely unserviceable. The guy's won two Super Bowls. He's got wide receiver options that are good. He's now plugged in a a running back that will seriously help that unit out, and they've got a solid defense. I, I, I still think it makes sense. I think uh, the, the team that you could argue could have taken him more of a gamble on it was the Browns with their first pick. You know, they were picking at four. They were going to get. 
somebody decent at quarterback. Well, I think the Browns um, are quite happy with that. I mean, their I know backfield, it's not though. their biggest. Yeah, no, I know it's I not mean, their they, big need, but if this guy's that special. Mm. I mean, it, it wasn't. I don't think many people were suggesting that was going to happen, but it seems to make some sense to me. It was after the combine. He was he was in a lot of mock drafts at the time. He was slated to go first overall to the Browns, Barkley. Oh, there you go. A lot of people said because he was because he had an incredible combine. Um, I, I think it's yeah. Well, we'll see. But people it's, look good um, in their underpants, mate, when they play in the NFL. I do like watching the underpants, especially. <laughs> that, is, that is good. Um, you are you are our resident combine expert. <laughs> well, in that I'm the only person who follows it. I've well, in that you're from kind of the West Country, and they have lots of them down there. What combine harvesters? Yeah. <laughs> good, good, good rural based humour. Rural bants. Anyway. Rural bants. Um, so come on then, let's. Uh, every every podcast does it. We should be no different, um, based on our lack of planning and effort. <laughs> um, let's do a winners. Who who's what? Who won the draft for you? Oh God! I tell you, what yeah. I think won the draft. Roger Goodell. He wins <laughs> it every year. He's Mate, always going to win it. He is every year. Oh, the Tennessee Titans. Oh, right. I, I, you can't I, pick the, the Titans. Is, That's bullshit, mate. You can't do that. All right, I'll, I'll say. It all. What team doesn't look better after the draft? Every team is, <laughs> by definition, is is going to improve their roster. Um, I hate this question. <laughs> well, let's not do it then. Let's move on. Let's just cross that one out of the running order there and. Hang on a minute. Let's just get my notebook and I'll cross that out. It's, right it's a difficult, I'll be, you know, full disclosure, it's a difficult one for me to answer because, like you guys, I mean, there are plenty of other podcasts out there who spend hours watching college football and film and know about every single player that comes out. I don't do that. Um, but it's, it's much harder for for me to get a judgment of who won the draft. Um, yeah, until until we see the season start and what some of these players look like in NFL colours in the in the systems that they've they've gone to, um, the players that will be good fits and the players that won't. Um, it's it's a very difficult thing to just sort of as a as an amateur or as a fan to really get a feel for. Um, again, everyone does the grading of teams. Oh. Um, the, the arbitrary, the arbitrary letter grades where a they C plus yeah, what, for their draft. What what merits a plus over just a basic C? I don't know what the category, what 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 the defining, um, <laughs> you know, markers are for that. Oh yeah, he's he's a, a C plus. He's definitely be, he's better than a C, but he's not a C plus. Couldn't couldn't give it a B minus though. No. That, that too good. It's, uh, yeah, I. I it's not for me. Um, anything else you want to talk about from the draft? Because there is so much to get through. Um, and we're 20 minutes in and all we've done is I, talk about I the think, Browns and Giants. I think we should save it for Craig, actually. he He's desperate to come in. And we should mention the fact that he's had an operation today on a tendon in his thumb. Um, yeah. can, I, can I bring up a point with this? He's, he's cut his thumb and he's got a sling on his arm that looks like he's had his whole arm severed. Yeah, you're meant to be a big, tough, kickboxing, whatever. Like, have a bit of self-respect, mate, dragging that thing around all afternoon. What do you think you're doing? It's an embarrassment. It's got to, it's got to make it look impressive, hasn't it? It's unbelievable. Oh. Fucking hell, milking it. There, there was me giving him a bit of genuine genuine love. and Yeah, well, Adam, he cut his thumb, mate. Just, you know, <laughs> bear that in mind. Anyone that sees a picture on social media, he's cut his thumb. Anyway... Mark, anything else you want to talk about from the draft? Um, well, can I be selfish and talk about Buffalo? If you must. I'm not going to listen. I'm going to go really. and get a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I guess one of, the, one of the big questions coming out was who, you know, where were all those four quarterbacks going to go? Buffalo clearly wanted one of them. 
The talk was they wanted Darnold. Um, they were never going to get Darnold because of, they were picking where they were picking. Um, and then they traded up to seven and the Bills Mafia went mental saying, oh, brilliant, that means we're taking Rosen. Um, then the pick came in, they cut to everyone, everyone saying, oh, the Bills are taking Rosen. Isn't this good? He's the most naturally talented um, quarterback that there is coming out the draft. Um and then they read it out, and it goes full bills, and they've picked Josh Allen. Um, and then a, every- that was a lot of chat between the moment that they traded up and the pick, which must have been all of ninety seconds. Oh no, you wouldn't That's believe it. A lot it. of stuff going on. on you wouldn't media. believe it. Yeah, it was. Um, it was social media was was lit at about like twenty past one in the morning when that pick happened. Um, Were you asleep at the time? No, no, I was up. I stayed up for the bills pick, and then I went to bed. Um, so I was pleased they traded up to seven, to be honest. Um, from what I can tell, the two Joshes, uh, clearly Rosen is the better, more talented and better NFL-prepared quarterback. But from what is, what's coming out and from what his coaches have said since he was picked, how he was interviewed afterwards and how he came across when he finally got picked by the Cardinals at 10, I think, um, he seems to come across as a bit of a prick. Um, his co- his coaches have already said something on the lines of he needs to earn the respect of his new teammates rather than just expect it. Um, he he can't go in there and kind of be the big I am, which is what he's come across. He's already said that the you know there were have been nine mistakes drafted before him um, in one of his first interviews after the draft. Um, I quite, quite like that a little bit. I, I know it comes with a a bit of baggage. Uh, I know he's got that reputation, but... He seems uh, to come across as a bit of an entitled little so-and-so. And I think, in all honesty, that's why the Bills have taken the other one. Um, Alan, he seems like he's got a, a cannon of an arm. Um, the concern amongst the Bills fans is that EJ Manuel had a cannon of an arm, um, but he was massively inaccurate. Um, we we will see. Time will tell. That's the thing with all these. You'd never know. <laughs> You've absolutely no idea how well they're going to do um, until they start playing. And then we'll see. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's not Tyrod Taylor and everyone knows how I feel about that. <laughs> um, so happy days. It's someone else. He clearly can throw the ball down the field. He can throw the ball 80 yards without moving his feet. Um, so well, that's quite exciting. Hopefully he can mm, throw you know, his receivers. Who else can do that? Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> well, qu- quite. <laughs> quite. I, although I still maintain he was never given enough of a chance. Well, no, that's wrong. He know, was given far too much of a chance. Far too much of a chance. And he was one of the original players that loved drugs. Yeah, he does. Oh. I don't think Josh Allen loves drugs. I don't drugs. think he was the original, to be fair. Yeah. To be he, fair does, on he, that. he does love quoting um, racist lyrics when he's 14 but that's a you know that's another story and there was a lot of debate about whether the he was going to be okay in an NFL locker room having done all of that kind of stuff um and whether Rosen would have been the better fit because of that so yeah, I got into I got into it on Twitter with a couple of fans of like oh yeah well the players aren't going to be able to forgive him because he's clearly a racist he's not clearly a racist he tweeted some some stupid lyrics when he was a child I think they're far more likely to forgive that than going in like Rosen is and being given it the big one right from day one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll soon, they'll soon find out, won't they? I'm, he's in a. I'm I'm with Charles Barkley on this kind of stuff. Um, it sort of resonates with a conversation I'm having on Twitter at the moment about people judging these children, which is what they basically are. You know, they might be nineteen twenty, but they they don't live the life of a normal nineteen twenty year old, yeah. do they? they? They can't drink in America yet. No, and and like <laughs> that definitely stops them. Likewise, over here, if you if you're a member of a football club academy or a rugby club academy, you're you're not a a regular twenty year old bloke. You're a child. You don't have life experience like somebody who's been at work in society for three or four years. You know. Um, it's not their job, as Charles Barkley said. It's not their job to raise your kids and be role models. They're they're just going to make mistakes and they're going to do things that everyone else does, except they're in the public public spotlight. And so, so totally agree. so if he if he wrote a stupid tweet, so be it. You know, he's a he's a child. Like when when you're fourteen, yeah, 
Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah. fuck me. Just, just, go a, just go, just go on Xbox Live at any time in the next four weeks and have have a game of something online against anyone in America, <laughs> and tell yeah. me that if one of them one day becomes an NFL quarterback, they don't deserve it because of the way they spoke to somebody on NF on, on Xbox Live. You know, that's, it's the same thing. Yeah, if he I could would send hate a, to think he's sending a stupid tweet at fourteen. Look at the president of the United States of America. He's sending <laughs> 30 of them every single day. <laughs> Nobel Peace Prize nominee, Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> Self-certified <laughs> doctor. Yeah. I, you know, just circling it right back to the beginning of the conversation, you know, we're, we're at a point where we don't know if these quarterbacks are going to be any good. Josh Allen might be the next Tom Brady, might be the next Jamarcus Russell. Who knows? Um, yeah, I agree. It's the hope. We will see. As as my favourite saying goes, it's the hope that kills you. Um, yeah, you know, and we're, and we're at that and we're at that time of the year where everybody has hope. Yeah, there's a big swing of quarterbacks this year. We've got the five new rookies. You've got Mahomes starting in Kansas City. You've got the end of Breeze, the Breeze, um, Man, uh, Breeze Brady, Rivers, those kind of guys. There's a real big sea change in in the nfl at the moment it's going to be an interesting season for for definite there's there's going to be a lot happening um i think it's great there's there's clearly whatever else has happened so many highly rated quarterbacks in this class and a lot of them have gone early um the talent has got better whatever happens we know that and there are 32 starting quarterbacks every single season i think we've got we'll have 32 better ones than we did a year ago or probably the last five years Yep, Peyton uh, Manning's not playing thing. anymore. So let's move on from the draft. Um, what is that? Somebody, somebody got a pet house sparrow or something in their back garden. <laughs> it's in my garden outside. Really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, actually, a, absolute, it's an actual bird. The absolute ag on that bird at the moment. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's a big Patriots fan, and he's saying, "Talk about us. Talk about us." Yeah. <laughs> let's leave. Let's leave the draft. Um, not on this podcast. We'll, we'll, we'll chat with Craig <laughs> about it, no doubt, and he'll tell us how the Jets are going to win everything, and you know we're all wrong about everything. Um, should we? Should let's we talk about something? Sorry, go on, Adam. Um, should we mention quickly? We we um, I posted a little tweet out um, just to cover off a couple of things. Um, asking asking our listeners what we should talk about. Um, one reply. Oh, good. Having, one. No, well, <laughs> more than one, one reply. reply. Cheers, cheers, listeners. I know we've been away, but fuck me. <laughs> uh, we had a reply. What have you done for me says, lately? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, CSW. We should mention him. Um, yes, we should. Podcast. Um, yeah. Uh, Christian Scotland Williamson, who we had a chat with. Uh, picked up by the Steelers as part of their international development program player program players. Um, yeah. What's it called again? <laughs> the ISP players, people, players, players, ISP, people, people, players, people. Steelers, Steelers uh, players. Yeah. Yeah. Picked up by the Steelers. Uh, good news. Um, they clearly see some potential in them, I think. And why shouldn't they six for eight built like a British shit house? Um, if he can learn how to catch and block, then he'll have a chance, I think. So, so I, I, I don't know how this works, but, um, because you've obviously spoken with him. I wasn't on the pod where, where he was um, where he was on it. How does this international thing work? Do you know much about it? As uh, did he get picked up, and is he is he got yeah, a chance so to make the roster? He he went out for a sort of four week uh, trial period, whereby they were given initial introductions into uh, American football. Um, Came back from that in Tampa, uh, went back out, um, hung out with some chaps, uh, including Henry from uh, Handsome Hank from the Damashek podcast. Um, So what happens is every year, four players are invited to participate in the international development program. This year, two from the UK, two from Germany have been selected and they've been placed within the NFC North. So one player per team in the NFC North. Then they go on to the practice squad. Um, they're not eligible for uh, you know game day rosters, the fifty-three man roster for game day, uh, or forty-seven, isn't it, or something for game day? Fifty-three man active roster. They're not eligible yeah. for that. Um, he can play in preseason, so it might be worth keeping an eye on the Steelers preseason games to see if he gets a run out because Steelers a bit like a tight end. Um, 
he'll do a year there like Alex Gray did and then he will either be signed to a full-time contract or released is my understanding am I right in saying that Moritz Boehringer who he's in he's one of the four is that correct so he uh, he was on the Vikings squad last year yeah um, and has but he was there last year I thought he was on their active roster last year I might be wrong I don't know if he I was he would have been on their practice I mean I don't know if it's the same thing um, uh, yeah Bowring has gone to the uh, Bengals. Bengals so it's the AFC North isn't it yeah. so the they've got he's their their selection he was at Vikings practice squad for two years actually it was 2016 he was he was, he was selected in the sixth round right so yeah. maybe it's uh, well, he was drafted directly from Europe by the Vikings in the sixth round yeah yeah um, but yeah it's been added to so yeah they obviously see mainly obviously because see mainly because Mike Mayock spoke to the Vikings GM and told him to do it Right. So we kind of does it as a bet. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, I love Wikipedia, by the way. This, this is the, what it says about him being picked up by the Vikings. Uh, Burringer was selected in the sixth round, 180th overall of the 2016 draft. He signed his contract with the team on May the 2nd, 2016. The same month, the NFL approved the use of the umlaut on his jersey, similar to the use of the Sedilla for Pierre Garçon. <laughs> um then cool. it tells you when it's released let's move on um <laughs> okay so let's let's talk about something we can all agree on uh the shambles that is the nfl uk and the wembley game ticket fiasco so all the tickets were released four minutes later they'd all been sold five minutes later twenty-five thousand of them were on ticketmaster and such websites at five times face value I'm I'm interested to know when these tickets appeared on these sites um, because season tickets are available before. So you know, I've, as as I have done, I've renewed my season ticket, um, paid for already. Um, so these tickets are out there, okay, in in double form of two two games at, at Wembley on the season ticket this year. Um, so are these sites acquiring them in that way, and then? reselling them seeing what's going on with the demand on Ticketmaster thinking well actually this is a, now a good time to resell them or are they all being bought up individually or a third option that it's all fixed and they've got their allocation that's arranged separately to all of this anyway here's my take on it market force forces dictate prices if you buy one of those tickets off of Ticketmaster now you're a fool. You need to buy that ticket the day before the match when they go down to a third of face value because they can't shift them. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I, I wish there was a way that it could be regulated so Ticketmaster can't get hold of them. Um, I don't know well, how you t- do it. Ticketmaster is selling them, so it's Ticketmaster's other sites that yeah, so are the, other, the same ownership that are yeah. selling them at five times five times the value. I wish that there was a way of, of stopping it happening. Like you, I know that other events you have to pre-register and you have to like have an, an, an interest in it or something like that, rather than just be able to buy up mass bulk loads of tickets. Um, I don't know how you do it or what the answer is, but it's, it, it's a fucking disgrace that it's allowed to continue as it is. Yeah, I mean, seeing that, the NFL UK, I don't know if backtrack's the right word, but come up with a few tweets to clarify their position today. You know, they don't condone third-party sites, um, except for the fact that these websites are official partners of the NFL. Um, yeah. It's not actually illegal what they're doing. No, and the end, at the end of the day, if they, sell the, if they sell the tickets, what do they care? Let me just refer you to, just to close this sort of discussion off there's a podcast called planet money um and i'd advise you if you're thinking about buying a ticket off of Ticketmaster for this event to go and listen to this it's it's number 822 and it's called the shortest super bowl it's a 20 minute podcast so it won't take long out of your life um download it have a listen and decide what you're going to do about uh ticket scalping 
after you've listened to it. One thing I'd say is that if you've missed out on tickets um, and uh, cons- yeah, I, yes, you rightly say you're, you'd be you'd be mad to spend five hundred pounds on a ticket right now, um, but you always get other waves of tickets being sold. So when the, t- the teams in the US get their allocation of tickets that they inevitably don't sell because um, people in LA, Nashville, Philadelphia, Jacksonville don't actually live near Wembley Stadium. Um, so they the same thing happens every year. They all come back. Um, generally, maybe a month or two before the game, there'll be a load more tickets go on sale at face value, which you may get anyway. Um, but equally, keep your eye out for people people selling them at face value. They they will exist. Um, yeah, paying that much over the odds is just utterly wrong and that shouldn't be necessary. It, it's nonsense and it, it speaks to what the NFL sees the British market as. There needs really to be a way of, market. There needs to be a way of stopping people buying a ticket if they have no intention of going to the game. Whether that is um, your your name or whatever gets printed on that ticket when you purchase it. And if the person who takes that ticket isn't the you when you get to the game, you don't get in. Something like that. Um, something yeah, like that needs that to happen. Yeah. yeah, because it's 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 ridiculous. I mean, to be I mean, to be fair, that does make it difficult for any any people who legitimately can't can't go late notice or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get every, that. every year our group of mates has a group of tickets and someone inevitably will pull out or can't make it and that ticket goes to another one of the lads and and that will then have to stop you know it would it would and whilst that's unfortunate i'd rather that to me seems like i'm i'm willing to make that concession rather than having to fork out or you know find tickets the only tickets i get are available for 500 quid you have a choice not to buy that ticket for 500 quid you do. That's, if nobody that's buys right. the tickets at five hundred quid, then nobody sells them at five hundred quid. It's, but people, but people are though, aren't well, they? Well, then the in that case, then you, if you've got a ticket for a Wembley game, you need to get that shit on Ticketmaster now and make five hundred quid, and then buy one off Ticketmaster two days before the event for a hundred. And you just become part of the problem, there, don't you? But, but mate, <laughs> yeah, that's simple. Right. It's simple economics, isn't it? <laughs> like, oh yeah, I, I don't disagree with you, but it's not solving the problem. It's just adding to it. But is it a problem? The problem only exists because people buy into the the method of of causing that problem, don't they? Yeah, but you know, whilst but if, people, but if nobody if nobody bought those tickets, then it would the problem wouldn't exist. Well, I would I'd love it if nobody did, but people were ah right. The, so, the issue though, surely, so then become is... part of the problem, <laughs> flood the market with the tickets, and then the, the price comes down. Well, I I haven't got one, but if I did, then you know maybe yeah. I would. <laughs> isn't the issue the fact that they've let these sister websites buy the amount of tickets they clearly have in the first place you know, they've they've not they've not logged on with everybody else that's the that's yeah. the issue I mean, we, yeah. every every time i've been there's been a clump of seats that's been unsold or nobody there that that you know has been purchased by some tour company somewhere they've bought 500 tickets and not sold them or something like that you know there's always big blocks of empty seats at Wembley. I'm not, I'm not having for a minute that every game that's been at Wembley has been a massive sellout. I'm not I'm not buying that for a moment. Oh yeah, they, well someone's bought the tickets. They they yeah, only have they, they go on. But, yeah, 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 they go on who's bought it. They don't go on who turns up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I think it's a it's an unsolvable problem because somebody yeah. loses somewhere along the line. I mean, my my only advice. Have I, if if I was Martin, for example, sitting on a stack of tickets, I'd have that shit on Ticketmaster right now. You just made up a name. I don't. I, yeah, Martin? just this, this fella. Um, he wouldn't make as much of a fuss about a cut thumb. Put it that way. <laughs> um, but I'd be having those tickets on Ticketmaster now for three hundred quid. You know. <laughs> oh, look at you Un- undercutting. Yeah, nice, mate. Undercut them. You're still making a profit. Um. You know. I'll tell you one thing. One other thing is that this there's only going to be more of a controversy and more of a fuss when the Seattle Oakland game finally goes on sale. Um, and assuming it happens at the new Tottenham ground, which I doubt a little bit. Um, you know, I went past it on the train tonight. The outer shell of the stadium still isn't there. You know, this is what 
six months. No, loads of, there's six. loads of cladding in London. Don't worry about that. It's just lying <laughs> in piles on the street, mate. They'll, they'll have no problem finding that. Um, the question is, when does this all start making money for Shahid Khan? Yeah, uh, look, look, yeah. We haven't got time to delve into Shahid Khan and Bayern Wembley. Um, we're 45 <laughs> minutes in. We're not going to get to Adam's quiz that he made a month ago. Um, <laughs> That'll be next week. What I do want to do is, before we move on to any other business, is go around around the horn a couple of times and to steal what is quite possibly one of the greatest uh, segments on the Around the NFL podcast. Let's hang some onions. Does anyone watch that podcast and listen to that podcast anymore? I sometimes do. You have to listen to the one where... The- <laughs> They 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 did one last week uh, where Dan Hansis play they they play they do you're the GM where they, oh, they do heard, hypo- yeah, hypothetical phone calls yeah and they do one where Dan Hansis plays John Elway. It is one of the funniest podcasts I've listened to in a long time. But anyway, basically we're all going to make outrageous claims. I know you probably you haven't done any research. I'm springing this on you now. But following the draft, just give me some predictions for what you see happening in this season. Start of you, Adam. You see, I, I, I haven't obviously prepared a thing for this as you just sprung this. You know, well, I've, maybe I've prepared a quiz. Maybe we over prepare, Adam, and maybe be more off the cuff. <laughs> Under prepare and over deliver. Yeah, <laughs> I've got one for you. Go. I'm saying it right now. My bold prediction. And I think that's stolen from another pod. The Patriots aren't making the playoffs this year. Ooh, give me some reasons why. Um, Brady's what seventy three now. Um, there's already there's a lot of talk about the what went on with um, those guys at the end of last season with the fallout um, when Jimmy Garoppolo left, um, and and it was the owner that's backed um, Brady rather than Belichick. Um, they've lost some weapons, most notably Brandon Cooks. Um, who's gone to the Rams? So they're they're leading the line with um, at the minute two ex Buffalo wide receivers and Jordan Matthews and Chris Hogan Edelman still there, uh, but who knows if he'll be the same player? Um, they don't really have a wec- recognised running back. Um, is Gronkowski still going to be the same player? They lost some notable weapons on defence. I think this is the most fragile that the Patriots have looked going into a new season in potentially 15 years. Um, and I think this is going to be the time that they're, um, they fall and it's time for them to, for, to make way for somebody new. Like that. Um, I, I, I'm going to throw one out that actually might be more good news for you, Mark. Um, another team in your division um, that I could see Picking number one in uh, in 2019, uh, possibly with barely a win or two under their belt. Um, and I, I Craig, know where you're going with this. Craig can relax; <laughs> it's not them. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think the, I think the same thing as you. I tell you what, it's um, yeah, I agree. I I think there are serious, massive issues in Miami. Um, I think a lot of people uh, have got wind of the fact that there are certain locker room issues, certain coaching issues. Um, suddenly, it seems that Jay Ajayi is, is almost looking like the good guy, um, which possibly says how bad things have got. Um, Jay Cutler has, has now gone. Um, they're pinning all their hopes on Ryan Tannehill. Um, oh, they've, got, they've got Brock Osweiler as well. Yeah, they're pinning all their hopes on Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've not really done anything um to change what seems to be happening um i think there's just a lot of poison down there and what talent they are left with is is bitter it's they're not pulling for each other and that's going to be the biggest car crash of the season maybe that's not bold enough well maybe i mean i think you both know where i'm going <laughs> how, how many wins are you saying they're going to get doug i'm saying the cleveland wins? browns will make the playoffs this year. Wow. As I said at the beginning of last season. I, I mean, 
Their offense is absolutely stacked. If Baker Mayfield is half the player he's made out to be, they are stacked. It's you look at it, <laughs> and now I look at it. I mean, if they're starting Tyrod Taylor, I'm how's their offensive line? That's the only thing I would say. Say again. Their offensive line is the only. That's a problem with Joe Thomas um, ret- retiring. Retiring, yeah, big time. Um, but their defense is. Is decent. They've got a great defensive line. They've, they've I added think to their their defense. It's good last year. They've added it to the good. secondary. They've improved at running back. They've improved at receiver. A full season of Josh Gordon. They drafted a fourth guy in the fourth round this year that, by all accounts, is just a bit of a knobhead, which is why he didn't go in the first round. What could possibly go wrong there with him and Josh <laughs> Gordon hanging out? Um, so, you know, they've got they've got. Good options all across that offense. Tyrod Taylor is not going to be an 0 16 quarterback, is he? No, the one thing he's got in his locker is he doesn't really turn the ball over, which the Browns quarterbacks have done ad infinitum for the last 10 years plus. Um, he doesn't do that, and he's got some decent he's weapons. First taking no. sack after sack after sack. No, what he does is he looks for his first receiver, doesn't want to do it, and then tries to run. So we'll um we'll we'll see how he gets on there. Um to be fair though, his first receiver in Buffalo was who? Um, last year, Calvin Benjamin. Mm. The, the 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 rotting husk of Kelvin Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not denying he's got better receiving weapons now. Um, no question about this. Well, those first three, Gordon, Corey Coleman, and Jarvis Landry, are better weapons than Buffalo had. No question. Not not to mention this fourth round fellow as well. So. Is that is that Callaway? Yeah, apparently he was he's graded as a first round sort of guy, but. He's a bell He's got he's a bell <laughs> fair, fair enough. Um see that's that's the bit they're the words that Rich Eisen and Mike Mayock don't use. Yeah, that's why you need to listen to the long stuff. <laughs> we need yeah. to do this. Tell it like it is. This, this guy, yeah, maybe we need to do a bad lip reading with Mike Mayock and we'll just replace all the bits like character issues with Bell End. <laughs> he is a prick. A bit undersized, um, short as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I think the Browns win win five five or six games next year. Had right. issues coming out of college, raping and a drugging. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, we're fifty minutes in now. Let's uh, let's go to any other business, um, and when we are all together, we'll do this again. And I'm sure we'll talk about a lot of the same things again because Craig will want to say, but. Um, all he's done is cut his thumb. Mark, shall I, shall I say this for a bit longer? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, mate. Um, but I'm <laughs> fucked if I'm listening to another two hours of quiz because you know you've got some issues with your timekeeping on the quizzes, Adam. I'm just going to throw that out there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> look at his face. Come he back looks, to me. Come back to me when you can that. keep a quiz under 45 minutes. <laughs> uh, now, now. <laughs> The listeners won't be able to see this, but we've all seen the the Alan Partridge gif. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> great radio. <laughs> uh, just just quickly, this is this is what I was talking about with Dan Hansis doing his impression of John Elway's hold music on his uh, GM's phone. Draft is for salvaging John's reputation. Oh, hang on a second, I have another phone call. <laughs> This one's for John. This one's for John. This one's for John. This one's for now, John. Now I'm understanding this a lot of tweets that I've seen about this. And that one's for John. This one's for John. Oh, yeah. Also, that one's for John. <laughs> um, crying with laughter is- on the M25. Very good. <laughs> Any that, other business? That now explains a lot of jokes that I've seen that I haven't understood. Yeah, yeah. Mark, what you got? Um, so the last time we did this was after the Super Bowl. Kind of sometime between then and now, I realised that I got fat. Um, I, I realised that a while ago. Yeah, well, there's like, like nine chins on this Skype screen at the moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly that. What and really helps is when you can't grow a proper beard and you get like the line. 
of, of yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I um, I was going to do Bath Half Marathon. That got cancelled because of the snow. Um, so I couldn't do that. So I've, I've now signed up for someone else um, that's um, a charity event called Miles for Mind. Um, Mind, the mental health awareness charity. Um, and I basically have committed to running 80 kilometres during the month of May. Um, it's going to be entertaining and fun, but um, yeah, that's what I'm up to, and hopefully I can lose about a stone in weight doing it as well. Um, so if anyone's listening, you fancy donating something to Mind? It's not to me personally, but there is a group just giving page that all goes towards Mind, and I'll stick it up on the Long Snack Pod Twitter account after this drops. So yeah, any donations is gratefully received. Thank you. Cool. At least you're not doing the fucking London Marathon. Um, I'm not to doing the London Marathon. <laughs> Because I, I couldn't put up with your any other business for six months being about doing the London fucking marathon. Has Russ ever done it? I don't know. Ask him. Or, or don't. don't or do don't. That. Because if you speak to him for five minutes, he'll probably mention it. <laughs> Come on. We already know that Adam's not going to speak to Russ for five minutes. He needs to go out of his way to avoid it. <laughs> One day, you know, Ru- Russ Milson. You know, a, a man who I've never met but have been in the same room as. Um, AOB, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about... A little... here, we, here we go. Strap yourselves in, everyone. Yeah. It's been a while. No, it's been I a while. Am... He's had a long time to prepare. <laughs> you see, if we'd, if we'd been on air, you could have had seriously angry rants about PlayStation, Sony, um, Jet 2 holidays. But I'm past all that. Um, I'm going to talk happy thoughts. Um, I've... This might sound a little bit odd. I've sort of rediscovered the, in a good way, the the thrill of association football through my son, um, who has, well, discovered it probably over a year ago. But in the last few weeks, has just really taken the enthusiasm to another level. Um, the geekiness, the I don't know if it's obsession is the right word, but um, everything that. I thought was good about watching it as a child um, that I, I fell out of because of the way that your average footballer seems to behave and, and all sorts of other things. But um, I'm seeing the good things again now. Um, I've just about a week ago got the World Cup sticker book and we're doing we're doing that. Um, okay, they're now 80p for a packet rather than the 50p from the last time. Thank you, Brexit voters. And that's your fault for screwing with the exchange rate. Uh, um, and his his joy and enthusiasm doing little things like that is fantastic. Um, been been loving it. Uh, I suppose becoming a de facto Tottenham supporter, um, which sounds weird to say out loud. Um, they don't seem to have, with perhaps one obvious exception, they don't seem to have the level of dickheads that a lot of other clubs do. Who's the one exception? Uh, I'll I'll leave that with you. He'll probably be going to uh, Russia with the England squad. Oh, Ali! Yeah, he's a dickhead. Deli Ali, you're you're a dickhead. <laughs> uh, but my, you know, they, a lot of their other guys aren't, and they seem to they seem to be good, you know, good ambassadors. And what I thought football didn't really have anymore. So it's all all come crashing down. Uh, I have no doubt. But I've, I've been I've been enjoying it. There you go. Cool good yeah i've almost got too many any other businesses and they're all sort of blocked in my thoughts um genuinely i can't think of one so i might just not do it have a listen to it might be last week's all over with your aob about the london marathon which had me had me in absolute stitches okay um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can recreate it now do the, you got come on give us a bit of it <laughs> Wait one. I'll tell you what, I'll just I'll just bring it up. So for those who don't listen to the All Over podcast, this was my rant from last week's Any Other Business. Lovely blokes. Um, no, I've just been so busy with work that I haven't really had two lovely days. I'll tell you what I did. I had uh, a couple of really nice days in um, Rotterdam shooting the, the Premier League darts for Sky. Um, I went for a jog. Uh, Fuck off, mate. 
I genuinely did. <laughs> what the did. actual fuck? Why? Yeah, Why? But, no, but let me finish because it, it it just got me um, thinking that you know I don't think there's a sporting event on the calendar that I have less like for or less respect for the people that compete in it than the London Marathon. Wow! Quite possibly the most (laughs) self-righteous, nauseating group of people that uh, compete at any sport in in any form anywhere in the world. You don't compete at the marathon, though. Necessarily, you, no. You you don't compete in the marathon. What you do is compete to take up the most space on social people's social media feeds, begging for money and and praise for basically walking twenty miles. Because let's be fair, ninety percent of the people who do walk the marathon, they don't run it. I think some of the state of the people that start, let alone finish, mate. There's no way they've run all the way around. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's a joke, mate. I've, I've had enough of it. I've had enough. I don't want to give any more. I, I don't want to sponsor you. Like I'd rather, I'd rather give you a fiver for sitting in a bar for beans because I have more <laughs> respect for you for doing that than walking twenty. So the, um, the the slight counter argument to that because he did a bit more than a than a marathon. Um, there's a guy Rob Pope. He's actually a vet. Um, he's run uh, just over fifteen. Is he the, is he the Forest Gump? Two hours and twenty seven minutes. It's the first He wasn't happy with that comment, um, was he? He, he will be telling people about that for the rest of his life. Yeah. Like you, so have you ever run the marathon? <laughs> no, <laughs> I've never mentioned it once. <laughs> I've done it twice. Every person I've ever met that runs a marathon. Oh, yeah, when I run the marathon. Did you run the marathon, mate? Tell me more about that. Hang on, let me just get my car keys. <laughs> there you go, the London Marathon. Here's, here's the thing. I, I actually kind of agree with a lot of that (laughs) i'm not taking anything away from the the amount of money raised for all the all the good causes um but you know who you are the people who've done the marathon who haven't done it if they're honest to raise money for a charity that's just a a necessity of of doing it is it's picking an arbitrary charity it's the ones and be honest with yourselves that have just done it to to get that sense of you said self-righteous thing and they they're they're out there they're awful and people not, mate. they're yeah. awful people they don't like like i say they don't run the marathon they walk they walk a long way well done you've walked miles brilliant fair play to you <laughs> you ever thrown a shoe over a building no you haven't <laughs> Uh, on that bombshell. <laughs> on that, on that bombshell. Uh, it's been good to be back, boys. Um, hopefully, my work schedule will free up some time, and I can, I can, we can carry on doing this because I, I've missed it. I have missed it. Although it is a bit of a labour during the off season. Let's be honest. We've now got until probably August until anything interesting happens in the NFL. We probably so, need to talk about some like some potential fantasy stuff at some stage. That might be a pod that we could do. Yeah, maybe we should do some research before we do that one, though. I'm, I, yeah, here's what, here's what I'll say. Here's what no, I'll say. What, in the meantime, check out Jack's podcast. Yeah, Pick do that. Matter, do that. In fact, he's, why he's don't, got a lot of that covered. I, I would say almost that we need to stop talking about fantasy and just let Jack have that. And if he wants us on to talk about it, we'll come on and talk about it. But I've noticed that he's not invited any of us on yet. I know that's what a fucking said. outrage, by the way. I was going to say, an absolute honest, fucking outrage. How many times has he been on ours and he's not bothered by that at all? Always available, Jack, and we're um, I come. At a very well, surprise. you say always available. <laughs> as long as it's <laughs> that's, after, that's as long true. as it's after eight fifteen at the late earliest. Well, did you, did you first, see? Did way. you see what happened today? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> That's why, but I'm yeah. the only parent here. <laughs> before, uh, nine you know, before nine o'clock, you can hear sparrows and stuff at yeah. Mark's place. Yeah, <laughs> Apparently, Mark lives in the Arctic Circle. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, Wiltshire. <laughs> uh, yeah. So fuck you, Jack. We're going to talk about. We're going to talk about fantasy. No, we're not really. Yeah. I, no, I genuinely screw, I, screw him. I think we should let Jack. That that should be. You know, why compete against the? Uh, friend of the pod yeah he doesn't invite you on he doesn't invite you on good shout yeah. however we are in fact we should talk about this 
um, the Long Snapper Podcast Fantasy League. That should oh, yeah, that's on. back up and running. That shit got real. You've got to pick your keepers. If you haven't done it yet, you probably ain't going to listen to this anyway. But if you haven't done it yet, uh, pick your keepers so we can get a draft date sorted. I'm one of these sadistic blokes that wants the draft to be nice and early so that any pre-season injuries really fuck your whole year up. <laughs> I don't know about anyone else. I've been I've been screwed over far too many times with that with um, Jordy Nelson a couple of years ago. Someone else, uh, yeah, no, I want I, I want the draft to be the day before the season kicks off. <laughs> I go along with that in the hope that it's your two keepers, Dougie. Yeah, so let, yeah, let's do it. Nothing matters anymore. I won the Wonkers to a man league. <laughs> Do you reckon Craig's got over that defeat yet? No, hopefully not. <laughs> you know, while, while he's on, while he's on his sick bed, being hand and wait, ha- waiting for hand and foot with his his uh, life threatening thumb injury, um, you know, maybe you can contemplate that a bit more. <laughs> I tell you what, his 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 ears have got to be yeah. I mean, genuinely, the, genuinely, the all that shit needed was a Mickey Mouse plaster. That's all it needed. Yeah. Hey, Craig. Craig, don't listen to that, mate. You know, I'm giving you a thumbs up here. <laughs> oh, you can't do that, can you? Oh. <laughs> See you later, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.